As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we've just been waiting for you. And tonight, we're going to keep talking to you about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, tonight, I'm here with Denise and Joel. And tonight, Maxime is with us. Hello, friends. I'm so happy to be here. It's a great honor. Maxime, we're glad you're here, and we really like your new glasses. Thank you. Makes you look smart. Thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) But Maxime, (laughs) finally. (laughs) Maxime, you are very smart, though. Anyway, I want to tell you that we're offering you right now this free download called Symbols of the Holy Spirit's 10 Parts. And by the way, thank you for your comments on social media about this series. It has really meant a lot to me. Just today, I read and read and read your comments. I'm glad you're getting something out of this. And if you haven't already downloaded this free download, please do it. Just go to renner.org. It's yours for free. And you can also order the whole series, which is 10 parts. It's really verse by verse, precept on precept, just me. It's a lot of really intense teaching about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. When you understand the symbols of the Holy Spirit, you begin to understand how He works in our lives. That's why I'm teaching this series. And we're offering you right now my book called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit and You Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. You should order all of these. You can get these at renner.org right now. And if you need prayer, please write to us at prayer at renner.org. We would love to hear from you. Or you can call us 1-800-742-5593. We would love to hear from you. And it would be our privilege to pray for you. But I want to welcome Sister Renner to the home group. Hey. Hey, home group, welcome. We are so, so glad that you're with us. And I think tonight we are going to see some wonderful things about the Holy Spirit, that he's the spirit of glory. The Hallelujah. Oh, it's going to be good. Mama, you look so good tonight. Well, thanks, Joel. Isn't that color good on her? It's beautiful. Thanks, Joel. Hey, before we get into the teaching, I brought a, th- a little thing for show and tell. Are you guys ready? All right, look at this. This is something I've never shown you before. That is Rick Renner's brick. This is my brick. <laughs> but this is a very special brick. Because this brick is about at least, at least 3,000 years old. And Joel, where's this brick from? This is an ancient brick, old, at least 3,000 years old, from the land of Egypt. It is from the land of Egypt. So when you read in the book of Exodus that the children of Israel made brick with mortar and straw, this is exactly what this is made out of, and it's from that period. This is made out of clay, and there are pieces of straw in it. You might say, Where in the world did you get something like that? Well, Joel brought it to me, and I cannot divulge where Joel got it. But I will tell you that he gave it to me after a trip to Egypt. That is right, from the land of Egypt. And actually, it was very interesting. There were a lot of them. This is just one. Oh, one brick? Yeah, there were like There's like billions of them. Millions and billions of them. And it was definitely interesting. And I got that for Dad, and he petrified it, and he keeps it on one of his shelves. Well, I didn't really petrify it. It was already just like this. Well, you covered it with something so it wouldn't fall to pieces. I did. I, I covered it with some kind of a lack so it would stay together. But anyhow, this is a real brick which gives testimony to the book of Exodus, exactly how the children of Israel were making bricks 
when they were serving under Pharaoh. But and today, actually, this, oh. this is part of Dad's rock collection. Now, I don't know if you have a rock collection. I don't have a rock collection. But some people in the room do. And this is part of Dad's rock collection. Well, Joel's being a little sarcastic because I collect bits and pieces of famous places. But we're just going to move on, shall we? All right, let's go on. We're having fun already. We're so glad you're with us tonight. I don't know if you can tell, but we have such a good time in our home group. But tonight, we're going to continue talking about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And we've already seen the Holy Spirit in Scripture is symbolized as dew, as oil more than 200 times. Is that amazing? That's amazing. More than 200 times. He is symbolized as dew, rain, water, a river, fire, dove, clothing, wind, gift, in the last program, we saw the Holy Spirit is symbolized as a seal and as an earnest. But tonight, we're going to talk about two facets of the Holy Spirit, two symbols of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. The Holy Spirit in Scripture is referred to as glory, and He's also referred to as light. Glory and light. And guys, I want you to open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. And Denise, I want you to read for us, would you? Mm-hmm. I'd love to. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Now, that's, that's what I want you to see. The Holy Spirit in this verse is called the spirit of glory and of God. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. And here he is referred to as the spirit of Glory. Glory. And in Scripture, very often when the Holy Spirit appears, He comes with glory. People use the word glory all the time. Do you feel the glory? Did you see the glory? What does the word glory really mean? I think it's important to answer that question. The word glory in Greek is the word doxa, and here's what it means. It describes brightness, so we know when the glory of God comes, there's a brightness. It describes something that is honorable, so honor comes with the glory of God, something that is magnificent, something that is resplendent. But in the Old Testament, this word doxa describes the heavy weight of God's presence that is filled with everything good. Wow. Is that amazing? Which means when the glory of God comes, it is a heavy presence and it is just loaded with everything good. And I want to ask all three of you, have you ever been in a service where you felt that heavy presence of God, Denise? Yes, I have been. And uh, that presence does ca- carry everything good. There there was, I mean, some people just fall on the floor and, and weep and under the presence of God, their hearts so touched and open. I know people who've been healed in that presence. That presence carries every good thing. And so it's something when his presence, that presence of glory, and it is weighty. It's a weighty presence. It is weighty. You feel a heaviness. It's not a heaviness like a like a burden, but it's a heaviness like I feel something. And it's the glory. And you know, very often it comes during worship, but we're told in Psalm 22 that God inhabits the praises of his people. And actually the Greek, the Hebrew says God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. And very often during worship, when you're worshiping God, that's when that heavy presence comes. And it's God is so attracted to worship. And when that presence comes, it is literally a heavy presence. It is just 
filled with everything good, everything that is needed by every single person in the congregation is in that glory, just waiting to meet every need. Maxime, have you ever felt that weighty presence of God? Yes, I have, and when you're talking about it, I'm always fascinated when you teach on that. Uh, I love that scripture uh, in the Old Testament where it says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple and the priests could not stand. Actually, that's in my I, notes. I, I'm sorry, I didn't know it. That's okay. That word in Hebrew means heaviness. And what's interesting, what I love about it, that Greek word dox, doxa was also used 2,000 years ago to describe somebody who has weight in the society somebody who has weight in the society. Holy Spirit is the one who has weight in our society. So it's all very connected. And wow. of course, I enjoy this, his presence when his heavy presence comes, doxa comes, I enjoy it. Joel, how about you? I, I, when you mentioned the heaviness, I thought about how Moses, when he dedicated, when he'd finished building the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle, and the glory of God came and was in the camp of the Israelites. That cloud, that heaviness, it was sensible. The whole congregation, the whole Israelite camp could, knew God was there. And that's what I thought of when you, when you read this. It was heavy, but it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's like when a powerful person comes in your presence, you know someone important is with you. Well, you, you can feel when somebody significant has come into the room. But it's like your mom said, it's not a burdensome presence. It is a heavy presence. When God comes to meet the needs of his people, the heavy presence of God loaded with everything good. That's the word doxa, glory, from the Old Testament. But when you come to the New Testament, this word doxa takes on a little bit of a different meaning. It's very interesting. In the New Testament, it carries the idea of discernment, perception, and decision. Perception, discernment, and decision. And decision. And when you combine that with the Old Testament meaning, it's pretty powerful. It means that when you're in a service and suddenly the atmosphere is saturated with this heavy, heavy presence of God, the purpose of that glory, of that presence, is not just to sit on top of you and be heavy, but the Spirit of God, who is also referred to as the mind of Christ, has the ability in that glory to discern every need in the congregation. It can perceive who needs to be convicted of sin, that glory can perceive who needs to be healed. That glory can perceive whose marriage needs to be restored. That glory can perceive who needs to be set free, who needs to be encouraged. And the glory is heavy with everything good, but it doesn't just come and just sit on top of us and do nothing. The glory then begins to discern all the needs in the congregation and begins to distribute accordingly to all the needs, which is why you can be in one service and there can be many different responses to the glory of God. One person can be convicted of sin. Isn't that amazing? Another person is laughing their head off hilariously with joy. Mm -hmm. You almost wonder, how can the two reactions be in the same service? One person gets set free. Another person feels commissioned by the Lord. All these different things happening simultaneously in one single service. That's because the glory of God has a mind to discern every need in the congregation. And when the congregation is open to receive this ministry of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God comes, that's the spirit of glory, loaded with healing, deliverance. This is why I say more can happen in one service where the glory of God comes than in a hundred hours of counseling. Amen. Mm -hmm.
It's all in that glory. Oh, we need the glory of God to come into our lives, Amen. into our corporate worship. And in that moment, suddenly, in that glory that's heavy with everything good, the Holy Spirit begins discerning every need in the congregation and just begins distributing accordingly to everyone in the place. Is that amazing, Denise? That's awesome. That's awesome. Amen. It's wonderful. We need that. Father, we ask you for the glory of God to operate in our lives and in our churches. Amen. You know, we're talking about the, the symbols of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about all these gifts the Holy Spirit has to give us. One of the symbols was the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And whenever that glory comes, I think the gifts can be distributed to everyone. Oh, it's the truth, Joel. I was thinking about whenever you you receive the revelation, or if you want to call it that, of when you need to write sparkling gems. Mm -hmm. That night you receive that, or that day you receive that understanding, I can mm -hmm. write sparkling gems. Mm -hmm. It's been in your heart for so many years. Mm -hmm. Other people received other revelations in their lives. Mm-hmm. And Dad received his. It changed. It really, I believe, really it came. It you. came in a meeting. I was actually in a Kenneth Copeland meeting when the presence of God was just so heavy. And suddenly, it's like the Spirit of God just began downloading to me everything I needed to know about how to write sparkling gems. And that same thing that happened to you might have happened to five or ten or a hundred other people. That's right. And we don't know all those stories, but it's absolutely a fact that Dad was not the only one touched in that meeting. I want to talk about another scripture that talks about the Holy Spirit and glory. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And in 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Apostle Paul writes, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And guess what? In Greek, this is so very interesting. Because it says we're changed from glory to glory, from glory to glory. Well, if you just read that in English, you really miss what's said there. When it says from glory, it's the word apo, which carries the idea of leaving one realm, leaving, departing one realm of glory to glory. The word to is the word ice, entering into another dimension. Which means as long as you walk with the Lord, you're always moving upward. You're departing one realm of glory, apo, departing their ice to enter up into the next realm of glory. And Paul says, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So if you think that you've already experienced all the glory of God, you're wrong. There are multiple levels of glory in front of you. You've never seen, you've never even thought of. It's all awaiting you. And God's intention is for us not to get stuck where we are, but to keep moving upward into new realms of divine glory. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of glory. Denise? I've always thought that if we made more room for the Holy Spirit to have more time with him in our services, that there would be a lot less counseling. There, there would be a lot less hospital visitation, sick people, because he would come. He would come. He, he comes where he's invited. And when we invite him, he comes. And the word glory, doxa, the spirit of glory, tells us when he comes, he comes bearing everything good in his glory. He doesn't come powerless. He comes packed full of power. Amen. But there's something else. The Holy Spirit is also symbolized in Scripture as light. Mm -hmm. 
The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 5, God is light. Well, the Holy Spirit is God. God is light. And listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, the light, of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Wow. By the way, that's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that brings revelation and light. Has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And here where the Bible says he has shined in our heart, it is the word lampo. The word lampo really describes a direct beam or a direct beam of light. This is not like a floodlight. This is like a direct beam. And here we find that God by his spirit knows how to directly shine on us. He knows how to put a penetrating beam right on us in any area of darkness in our life to deal with us and to change us. Is that amazing? It's amazing. Oh, it's powerful. You know, Dad, me and you were in the Fabergé Museum. Maxime, we were, the three of us, we were there. We were recently in the Fabergé Museum in St. Petersburg. And they had these paintings, beautiful paintings. They are beautiful. Just beautiful. beautiful. And they had these lamps, these lights. These, I've never seen these kind of lamps before. I have never seen paintings lighted like that. But the paintings, they didn't look like normal paintings. They almost looked like they were fluorescent. And the lighting just did a beautiful work on those paintings. And they just came alive. All the colors, they, there, was, there was colors of the sea, of people, of cities. And it just came alive. It was as if they were cleaned. or They were just out in front of you, almost 3D. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit does. Well, actually, that's my next point. The Holy Spirit as light brings transparency. Mm -hmm. There's nothing hidden from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is light. He brings transparency. The Holy Spirit brings clearness. There's no fuzziness when the light of the Holy Spirit is working. The Holy Spirit brings absolute purity because light brings purity. Light is honest. Light brings honest honesty to every question. Light hides nothing. Light exposes everything. Light is just light. And where there is light, there is no darkness at all. Darkness and light do not exist in the same place. And when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives like light, He brings clarity, He brings purity, He brings transparency, he removes all darkness. But there's something else I want to say about light. Light is used to disinfect. Isn't that amazing? That's true. In fact, in our church in Moscow, once a year, we have a big service for homeless people. And the homeless people in Moscow are known to have all kinds of diseases. Some of them even have tuberculosis. And when we bring them into our facility, do you know what we do? We fill the auditorium with special lights that have the ability to disinfect. And where those lights are operating, disease is put to an end. It cannot function. Light has a disinfecting effect. Listen to this. Light combats disease. In fact, light is so effective in combating disease that when people are really sick, 
very often you send them to warmer temperatures to be in the sun because the sunlight is good for their health. It combats disease. If people are wounded, we tell them to expose their wounds to the sunlight because light is healing. Light is purifying. Light exposes everything that is corrupt. Light destroys what is evil and even repairs damage. Is that amazing? Light heals, light repairs, light destroys disease. So light brings clarity, light disinfects, but there's one more thing. Light, it is a statistical, psychological fact, light brings joy. It brings joy. Oh, yeah. Now, darkness tends to make people heavy. And by the way, may I just step on a few toes here? This is one thing I don't care too much about, the new style of worship in a lot of churches. They turn out all the lights, and everybody's sitting in a dark room. You know, I don't like it. God is light. Even when I walk into our offices here in the TV ministry, sometimes I walk in, people are sitting in darkness, and I say, hey, guys, God is light. Let's turn on the lights. And it is a psychological fact that darkness brings an oppressive feeling to people. That is really the truth. Turn on the lights. Why are we ashamed? Why are we hiding in the darkness? God is light. We have nothing to be ashamed of. And even in our worship services, it's good for us to see each other. This is supposed to be a corporate experience where we're worshiping God together. But light brings joy. That is just a fact. Darkness is nearly always depressing. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. When people don't see the sun for months and months and months on end, they tend to get depressed. Yes, they do. They, we know all about it because we live in the north. People tend to get depressed. And in fact, people get so depressed in the darkness that they want to take vacations to a southern climate to get in the light. light. They just generally feel better and they feel more joyful when they're in the light. And I'll tell you something else interesting. This is really a fact, and it's true all over the world. It doesn't matter where you live. There's a big difference between people who live in the north and people who live in the south. People who live in the north, where it's darker, usually are less emotional. But if you go south, it doesn't matter what country you go to. They usually are more open-hearted. They have more merriment, more laughter. They have more frivolity. There's just something about being south and being in the light that causes people to lighten up. That is just a fact. And very often people who are in the north, they want to go south on vacation because they feel better when they get in the light. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. That's true in America. Pe people in the southern part of the United States, if you come to Russia, the further south you go, people's character begins to change. Mm -hmm. If you go to the Americas, the further south you go, people's characters begin to change. When people are in the light, they open up. Something happens. It gives them joy. That's just a fact. People of the sun are sunny people. Isn't that the truth? It's the truth. People of darkness tend to be marked by sadness. But when you come to the Bible, you find that light is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And my friend, he wants to bring light into our lives. We're told in Ephesians chapter 5, 
awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Something happens when we wake up to God and the Holy Spirit begins to shine on us. It puts darkness out of our lives. It opens our eyes. It brings clarity. When you're walking in the light, darkness is not working in your life. And by the way, you have no condemnation when you're walking in the light because you have nothing to hide. And the Bible tells us God is light, and that means the Holy Spirit is light. Denise? He is complete light. There's no darkness at him, in him at all. There's not even shadow of turning in him. He is totally consistent in the way that he is, the way that he does things. He's always bringing light. There's no like question about his character. It's always going to be light. It's always going to open up things and give us more you can see better in the light. So when he's the spirit, when his spirit brings light, then when his spirit shines on us, we see better the, our way. Like, like the Bible says about the word of God, that it is a lamp unto our feet. Mm -hmm. And that light, it, shine, it can shine on any dark places in our heart or soul or, or mind or our body. And, and bring truth to there. You know, Joel and I were recently in St. Petersburg, like he shared earlier in the program, we were filming in some palaces for TV programs. And I've been in those palaces many, many times. But in this particular case, we were there by ourselves. It was quite a remarkable experience. And the curator of the museum, the Yusopov Palace, was walking with us from room to room, and they did something I've never seen them do before. They just said, how can we serve you? They turned on every light in the place, literally. They turned on chandeliers. They turned on these massive, magnificent floor lamps that were made in France, table lamps, lights, 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 lights. And you know what? When the lights came on, I saw things in that palace I've never seen before. When it's dark, there are marvelous things that God would love to show you, but you can't see them. But when the lights come on, you begin to see things. And by the way, that takes us back to the Spirit of God as glory. Because when the Spirit of God comes as glory, He also brings light. And Joel, you were giving that illustration that when I received Sparkling Gems from the Greek, I had thought about writing that book for years. And there Denise and I were sitting side by side in the minister's conference at KCM. The glory of God was so heavy in that place, which is a good reason for you to go to meetings. When you get in meetings, you're in the presence of the glory and things happen. And suddenly, light began to go off in me. And instantaneously, I saw how to write Sparkling Gems from the Greek. And Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, I wrote in an accumulation of 60 days. I don't even know how that's possible. But that is really the truth. How did I do that? That's what glory does. And that's what happens when light comes. Suddenly, I could just see everything I was supposed to do. And part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to bring the glory of God and to bring light. Amen. 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 Hey, we're out of time. But remember, if you need prayer, we're here for you. Just call us 1-800-742-5593 or send us your prayer request at prayer at renner.org. And tomorrow night, guys, when we come back, we're going to see the 15th symbol of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, which is wine. 
the Holy Spirit is symbolized as wine. Why wine? Oh, it's going to be so rich tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. But thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.